Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to a rather subdued episode of the 49er Fearful UK show. Last night we were handed our asses by the Miami Dolphins in a performance that could have been mistaken for a Chip Kelly team. On tonight's show I'm joined by Najee Carrar, Gareth Ellis and Kieran Walton. Evening fellas, have we calmed down yet? Good evening. Uh, no, yes, no. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to talk about it, I'm sure. Yeah, well that's yeah. exactly the same way as I'm feeling at the moment, to be honest. Ebbs and flows. So... We were hoping for a statement game from the offence to take the pressure off our banged-up defence. It didn't happen. In fact, what we saw was utter garbage. I can't think of a single positive point from the offence. And on that note, let's start with the offence and Jimmy. It was a lousy performance. No better than Mullins against the Eagles. Mm. Do we actually believe he was benched because of his angle? Um, That's a good question. If... If that's the excuse they went for, then I think we have bigger problem than than it looks for. Um, mm. I, no, I think I think he come back too soon. It's not just the two picks; like most of his balls were came out funny. Uh, he didn't look like himself. Um, the O line did not help for sure, but it it didn't look like his mechanics were right. So I hope it's not an excuse because then. Uh, as Brian said, I think that season might be over if if he's not playing well. But I think it's his ankle. Um, I hope it's his ankle. <laughs> Otherwise, we're in trouble. I had to, uh, you know, stomach it and watch the sort of 10 minutes of highlights <laughs> using that word very, very loosely um, a, a bit earlier. And, you know, I was, I was looking at Jimmy and, and, you know, his things like his footwork didn't seem that bad. Um, and, you know, it's not his ankle who makes the decisions and it's not his ankle that is is failing to put that nice spiral on the ball. And it and it, it looked very much the same as his problems during the Cardinals game where he was fully fit. So I don't know. It's it's as I said, it's 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 getting more and more sort of difficult to to find ways to back Jimmy without beginning to make yourself sound a, sound a little silly. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating because of all, all the things that we've seen that he does well, it, the, the mechanics that we've seen him do well when, it, when he's on fire and his, his decision-making and he's threading the needle and he's got the zip on the ball. Uh, and, you know, where's it gone? Kieran, can you tell us? Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, it did look like, the way he was thrown, it was way off. And I mean, I think someone said in a press conference that he couldn't, it was like standing on a broken foot, basically, the way he was standing. Um, I guess I think there is more to it where he's came off. He's, he threw them two interceptions, which are really, really silly interceptions. And I think if he doesn't throw them, does he come off? But I think, yeah, I think it was more performance related why he's being benched there. So if we think he wasn't fit, why was he started in the first place? Because Shanahan turned around and basically said um, he had to be in a game situation before we could fully evaluate his ankle. And I, I just don't believe that for one second. 
surely they go through drills in practice that's going to put a load on that ankle and they're being able to see that his throne was off just going into a game i can't see how that's going to be any different from practice no yes yeah, I, I agree i think yeah go, go on guys no it's yeah you know that seems odd to me i mean you know get him on a treadmill and and hammering it along if, you, if your ankle can handle that then you should be good to go surely and that seems, you know, someone, someone medically has made some sort of decision. And Jimmy himself has said, yeah, I'm good to play. Um, you know, maybe it's been suddenly aggravated or, you know, he did take a take a sack early on. I I, I think it seems to be it's it's a confidence thing because he he's no longer has any confidence that his own line are going to hold him up. Um, and I, I, I was all for him last year when he was facing down the pressure and staying in the pocket. And he really seemed to trust that those guys. Maybe it's Joe Staley going. Maybe it's it's just sort of a, a combination of things. But he seems very timid and just doesn't seem to to be comfortable that his O line are going to cover him. Um, but that's you know that's a wild speculative guess from me. <laughs> I mean, I've I've obviously been ruminating about it all day, and I've kind of come up with some kind of theory. Um, I just don't think he handles pressure at all. I think as soon as he's got, he has to win the game, then he crumbles. Um, we saw it a couple of times last year. We saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it on Sunday. He just, because of Morton's performance, I don't think the coaches had any choice but to put him in. But because we've been talking about a controversy, and he's, he's heard that, and because we're two and two, and because everybody's talking about the schedule being extremely rough coming up, and this being a must win, I think he just crumbled. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he wasn't 100% as well. And and I'm, we're going to talk about it. I think the coaches put us behind, and he felt like he had to play hero ball and go and you know score 30 points on every pass. But... I've, I just don't think he handles the big game, um, and he never really has, because the playoff games, he didn't have to do anything until he had to go to the Super Bowl, and in the Super Bowl, he had to do it, and he didn't. So, on the sample size, I, this it's just a theory, obviously, because I think the sample size is might be a bit too small, but it's a theory that's out there, and he's going to have to prove now that uh, he can win in, a big, in big time, because next week is is do or die, I think. Mm. So I've got to say, he has proven it once, at least once, against When's the Saints. That? Against but that, the wasn't, Saints. that wasn't really a high-pressure game. We could have lost this game and still made it. There wasn't an absolute necessity to win it. Um, and it turned out into a shootout, and we could have lost it. Right, you know, so I'll, see, I'll see what you're saying now. Yeah. You know, no, but but, the Week 16 last, last year, you know, we... we we came into that period where we we were having to win every game to get the uh, the number one seed and the bye week, uh, mm-hmm. and we went behind against the Rams in week sixteen, and 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 Jimmy did that game winning drive with the back to back third and sixteen completions. That's true. That's you know, true. But that, that was one where he just you know again maybe you didn't think it's necessarily much must win, but at that mm-hmm. stage we were talking about them saying you know we really really need that bye week these. 
these are we've got to win these games. And and the same against the Seahawks in week 17, though that you know that clearly that was the perhaps the defense that won us the game at the end there. Um, so you know we we've we've seen bits, bit, we've seen him do it, but it's the inconsistency, and that's what's frustrating that you, we've seen how good he can be, and that he's just he. You can't have a guy who's good for fifty percent of the time. That just does not cut it in the NFL. I think his decision making has improved. I mean, I, I had a quote of him last night in the thread when he, he was sacked. I think it was the first sack he took, and I basically posted, what, "Why didn't he throw it away?" But then they immediately showed the replay, and where he was looking to throw the ball, there was no receiver in the vicinity at all. So had he done that? We'd have ended up with a 15-yard penalty and a loss of down. Yeah. For intentional grounding, so he, he made the right decision in taking the sack. Uh, but obviously, when you watch it in real time, you think, why didn't he throw it away? Because he didn't really have an option to throw it away. The the receivers had moved to the opposite side of the field, which meant he was coming across his body, and uh, you risk of getting it intercepted. Then, so his decision making isn't proven. But you have to wonder how much the performance of the O-line is also getting into his head. You, you mentioned it, Gareth, and the O-line was non-existent to such an extent. Joe Staley's tweeting about it. Yeah, yeah. There's, if if the big man is getting involved on social media, being older than, than me and probably not as versus as me, um, you got to wonder what's going on, and I think they've shown in on on the broadcast a couple of times. Um, it's it's not even the physical; they don't get beat. It's a, the the protection is not sliding. There's a lack of communication. Something's not going right on that line. They're not something is not happening. Maybe it's Ben Garland. Um, is you know is a first starter uh, center. Um, since last year, so maybe maybe he's not as good as we thought he was. Um, be, you know, being the quarterback of the O line, and maybe he's not relaying the, the snap properly. Um, maybe Jimmy's not sliding people and identifying identifying where the pressure's coming. Um, but yeah, it didn't look like we're just getting beat man one on one man thing. Although it does happen every now and then, uh, it's just like people free. Untouched, and it happened against the Giants. It happened against the Jets. It happened against the Cardinals. I think there's something fundamentally wrong on the line, which is fixable. They just need to get their act together and start t- talking to each other and making sure everybody's blocked. Yeah, I, I'd I'd agree. It's 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 been it's been, you know, it's not it's not good to see when McGlinchey has sort of been you know folded. To, when he was facing, you know, good defensive ends at uh, at the Eagles, but you know there was a couple of times there where where the ball is snapped and and the O line guys are, you know, they move and they're just standing there on their own because the defenders are have just wandered past them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not just a guy getting beaten one on one. It's as you said, it's there's something going wrong there. Um, and I think this this is where you, we're really going to get to see what kind of head coach Shanahan is. Because trying to fix this stuff mid-season is is a challenge, and and it's got to be fixed. And it's and it's coaching thing. It's when, when it's the whole unit, it, you know, it's beyond just one guy not being at the top of his game. It's you know the unit's a mess. I quite like to see Steely come in to coach, not like 
full time, maybe, but maybe like a kind of as a mentor, kind of you know, come in and just say, "Listen, this is what we're doing last season, and it worked." Yeah, on an interim basis, come in like bridge that transition gap from him leaving to Trent Trent Williams coming in. Trent yeah. Williams did have an issue with um, on one play with Lake and Tomlinson. Um, he quite clearly turned round after a guy went in his inside straight through to sack. Um, yeah, I can't remember if it was sacking Jimmy or sacking Bethard, um, but obviously sacking whichever quarterback was there for us. And he turned round, and you could see he wasn't happy with uh, Tomlinson. So yeah. I guess it was a blown coverage or a blown uh, protection by Tomlinson. Yeah, I think that's what's happening um, because the the Lions playing well in the run game. Extremely well, you know. We talked about Joe running down the field for a, a massive touchdown with with Alex Smith, which I'm sure we I will talk about in a bit, in a bit when we talk about positives because that was awesome. But um, you know, when that big 37 yard monster ran, um, Williams is in front of him and running down at cornerback. So something's going well there. It's just clearly something is not right on pass protection. And it almost makes me feel like the Dallas defense where players turn around and they say, it's too complicated. We don't know what we're doing. Maybe maybe that's what we, that's what's happening. Maybe the line coach has pulled out this new scheme they're trying to do or this new technique to protect quarterbacks because we weren't very good last year. And it's just not working. So as you said, Gareth, I think it's not going to be that easy, but it's, it's fixable um, because... We don't have injuries on the line, and that's that's you know, that's good. These guys can work at it. They can sort it out. Maybe go back to basic. Go back to let's not do so, anything fancy. Let's just get get the guy that's in front of you, and then just block him. Because next week, um, and we'll talk about it on a preview, I'm sure uh, we're facing the the almighty Aaron Donald. So uh, better get this the the stuff together now. Otherwise, this is going to be ugly. So you quite rightly pointed out that um, the O-line is very good at run blocking and it seems to be pass protection where we are lacking and that kind of moves us over to the wide receiving core um, that was suited on, on Sunday. So Dante Pettis was a healthy scratch and to be honest I think we've seen the last of him. And He was on the sideline, uh, he was undressed, I saw him on the sideline, yeah. he was wearing casual wear I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. So. so he was a healthy scratch. Kevin White was promoted from the practice squad, but only saw two snaps and no targets. Trent Taylor was actually apparently benched after four snaps because he wasn't running his route and he wasn't getting out quick enough. So that left us with purely Samuel, Ayuk, Bourne and Kittle as pretty much our every down receiving core. The other tight ends only saw three snaps between them. Dwelly had two and Werner had one. So we basically wow. kept the same people on offense for the full game. This is a uh, this is game four of the NBA final. Jimmy Butler playing forty three minutes. It just doesn't happen in in sports. You don't leave people on this on the pitch that long because it's going to cost you eventually. People get tired. You know, Injuries. they play hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. They play 100% every snap and it's either injuries or you get tired and, and you don't look good, which is exactly what's happened. Um, yeah, our receiving corps didn't play exactly well, but they weren't very helped by the quarterbacks that we had. So it's hard to put a it's hard to put a note on them. I think Debo is still finding his groove. Uh, he's only been back a week, so um, 
you know, practiced four times altogether. So I'm sure he's going to ramp up. Ayuk had a decent showing. I think he's, you know, he's still a rookie. He's still learning. I think um, improvement is is all we need. Um, I think Kettle was just stifled. That's why, you know, Brian Flores comes from the, the Belichick tree and, uh, that's why that's what they do over there. They they just take your best weapon away, and and tell you beat us with something else because you you aren't getting the ball to to this guy. So I think that's what they did, and they did it well. Um, so yeah, and then Bourne was just is bad Bourne with two two or three drops, so not a good day. But it's hard to it's hard to judge them on on performance of the the quarterback and the line. Uh, if you don't have time to throw, and if the throws don't arrive on time, then or off target, then it's not their fault, really. Gareth, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole offense looked out of out of sorts for, from the beginning, um, and you know, it's it's disturbing when you know people like Trent Taylor who have been reliable. If they're kind of getting benched, uh, you know, Pettis has got benched. We, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily surprised at that. But everybody. There didn't seem to be much sort of fire or or no one on the offense seemed to be having fun. Kittle seemed a little bit subdued. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I saw him running on the field twice with uh, with the salt, which I got a little bit worried. And then it just it didn't happen anymore. Are they because Debo was sick, right? So what I guess was the flu. Maybe they just all had the flu. <laughs> And they went 100%. Maybe just nobody was 100%. I don't know. Kieran, anything there? Uh, what did you see on the uh, the offensive side? Offensive. Not, very little, really. I mean, it just... It seemed that all the throws as well from Garoppolo were just... They were just too far away from the receivers, to be honest, as well. It's kind of hard to catch when it's when the mm. ball's so low, or if it gets overthrown. So, I mean, that doesn't help. But, I mean, yeah, I, I was really excited for Trent Taylor this season. Because, I mean, I know last year he was out because, obviously, he had a complication with the with the surgery. But, I mean, the season before, um, I think it was Garoppolo's first half a season with him, he'd done really good. And I was looking forward to him. But, I mean... Like I say, he didn't do too well, so it's a bit disappointing. So what I saw on the offensive side was offensive. It was offensive to me eyes. It was offensive yeah. to me mental capacity to uh, get through the, the rest of the week before the next game. It, it was just shocking altogether, and I'm still not over it, as you can probably guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. let's, let's move on to... Let's move on to the defence. I mean, at least they had a little bit of an excuse because they're that banged up. But let's face it, Brian Allen started because Witherspoon said he wasn't fit enough. But he still managed to play 47 snaps after telling Salah he was good to go after seeing Allen torch player after player. Dante Whitner actually took to Twitter, so that he's another former 49er, and he's called him out as being soft. Does Witherspoon have a future with the team after this season? No, I if I was a if I was a defensive coordinator, I would I would cut him this week. Um, you can't play a hundred percent in the NFL. Uh, the only time you're a hundred percent in the NFL is your first snap of the season. After that, you're hurt. Everybody is. 
It's a gruesome game. If you you have to play her. Um, when I play uh, in my team, and I, I tell that to to all the rookies and the, and the, the new people that come, um, if you're hurt, you're playing. If you're injured, then you're not playing. Being hurt is part of, of being football. And being so soft and and turning up because now we're 24 points down and maybe I can go and save the day, it's just not good enough. Um, hey, if you're if you're fit to play, you're playing. Uh, it's as simple as that. It, there's no, I uh, I just that that when I heard Whitner talk about it, and I 100% agree with, with him. And <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't known to be a soft guy, um, so I, I, I completely uh, agree with him. I, uh, to me, he's gone. Um, I don't want to see him anymore. That's just that's just not football. That's just not the Niners way. Um, I'm I'm done with Witherspoon. But it's, it, I mean, who, who is, who's is the decision? He's come back from the hamstring, and and you know, he's kind of. If the medical guys are saying, look, his hamstring's tight, and the coaches are like, yeah, but we're at bare bones. We we've got to have some guys suited up on the sidelines just in case. So you know, Shanahan said this: Witherspoon was was there to be an emergency guy. He wasn't fit to play, and it was it was him who came to the coaches and said. You know, look, you know, this guy's getting burnt. You'll have to put me in. So, you know, to me that, you know, that sounds like he's he wants to do his best for the team. But it also it sounds a bit odd to me of, well, who the hell picks the team then? Is Witherspoon picking himself? You know, he suddenly says, I'm good to play coach. So he gets to choose whether he goes in or not. That that was more the concern to me. I, I, I didn't read into that that Witherspoon was being soft. I, I'd read into it that he he'd been forced to suit up when not fit, and seen what was happening, and and basically said, well, look, you know, uh, you've got to go in because otherwise, you know, this guy is not, you know, his career is going to be destroyed by this game if if it hasn't been already. Oh, and I was going to say his career has been destroyed by that game. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's going to get cut. It's, it's tough. I mean, he's the backup of a backup of a backup of a backup. Yeah. He, he, he <laughs> is. I mean, it's, he shouldn't be out there in a in a in a in an ideal world but so i i didn't i didn't see that as necessarily witherspoon's um sort of fault necessarily mate i think we can look at it look at it either way um and obviously things things improved ever so slightly with with witherspoon in um but yeah i mean defensively we were we were a mess i think you know it's been coming for a while we we we've managed to get away with it by by facing poor offensive teams in the in the Jets, the Giants, and and the and the Eagles, um, and then as soon as we've come across a team that isn't terrifying on the offense, but they're just good enough to execute, and they and they played well, and they were very well coached from that first play. The offense knew exactly what to do to to make things as difficult for that defense as possible, and we didn't seem to be able to adjust. I'll tell you what, though, I think not playing Weatherspoon at the same time is smart because could you imagine if he started he gets injured and then you know this Allen guy has <laughs> to play for god knows how long until anyone's back really mm-hmm. i think that's the that was the main problem you you know yeah but, but we 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 do have an option with Jim putting Jimmy Ward back to corner. I know he doesn't like it, but you know, next man up and then I you know about that, yeah. we've, that's, we've what, got that's what I would have done. 
we've got reasonable cover for Jimmy Ward's position uh, in in Marcel Harris or, or Tavarius Moore, um, and the same to come in for K. Warren Williams. That that maybe we, you know we're effectively playing with four safeties on the field. There were options there, and I think a lot of them were a lot better than taking a, a, a guy straight off a practice squad uh, and sticking him up against a you know a competent quarterback with with reasonable receivers. They're going to victimise him. It was it was it, it was an obvious play call from that from that first play. Is let's shatter that guy's confidence and go after him the entire game. Tough, but that's what a good coach does. Gets those matchups. Yeah, I think that's what I think that raises the next point which, which I wanted to bring. I think this loss is solely on the coach and 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 on, on Kyle especially. I don't know what you think, Lee, but I thought Sally took way too long to make the switch. Um yeah. I thought he needed help because I, on the first pass completed on him. I, I I got to the group and I said, Who's this guy? He's he's gonna have to step up, otherwise it's gonna be a long game and Hold and behold, um, they just went after him, after play, after play, after play. And if I can see that sat on my couch, you know, 12,000 miles away from this, been playing the game for 10 years at a poor, poor level, and somebody on the sideline that's getting paid millions to do this job doesn't see it, that's, something's very wrong here. Um, and I understand that you, you got to stick to your scheme, and but you have to be able to adapt. You have to especially when you're down in injuries, you have to be able to, I mean, just, just give this guy some help. Like just double team that side of the field. It doesn't matter. Um, but I think it showed, um, A, that I really don't like Jimmy Ward. I thought he did not step up and help uh, his buddy corner. Because, yeah, we can we can flame Brian Allen as much as we want. The guy is not his fault. He's a practice squad uh, player, and he got picked on. Uh, by a very good team, very well coached, as you said, Gareth. And one of those days where Fitzpatrick is to turn into Fitz Magic and he's having fun and he's just slinging it. And it's just, it, it was too easy for him. So I'm putting this one on Saturday, but then I thought Kyle talked and called a horrible game. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, my n- very next point was Salah didn't make the necessary adjustments to counter the Dolphins and he provided no help to Brian Allen. So, yeah, I mean, you covered everything that uh, I was going to say there. I definitely think Salah had a really poor game. He he didn't really make the adjustments. He, he didn't help us out. You would have expected coming into the second half, fair enough, the second half, the, the very first drive the uh, the Dolphins had, we stopped them on that drive. Mm-hmm. But then it just went to ratchet again. Yeah, it did. Um... He just doesn't seem to be able to make the adjustments quick enough. Yeah. To combat, to combat the uh, the opposing team, and Shanahan, yeah, I think Shanahan's had a poor game. I, I think we now get to the stage. He's been here three seasons now. We get to the stage where I, th- I think he's been found out a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's taken a lot too much on, and I think it's to the detriment of the team. What do you make? Uh, what do you make of that fourth and one call, uh, Kieran? Is that the one where he ran up the middle? Mm-hmm. And got stuffed, yeah. and and then they ran down, and we yeah. and basically went down to score instead of punting the ball away. And see, we... I I might have went for it, and if I was going to go for it, I wouldn't have chose the play. Did yes, yeah, so that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a jet sweep that might have worked. 
Da, or, 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 or QB sneak, you know, something yeah. simple, easy to execute. Yeah, but that just, it just, it baffled us the way you done it because it was easy to read what was going to happen, you know. But yeah, easy, easy to read and easy to defend against because yeah. everybody knew well, where it was going. I, it's a fourth and one, right? We're seven points down. We already had a three and out. Uh, our defense clearly isn't stopping anyone. They just, like, it was like a four play drive, you know. Uh, and and you go out of the shotgun and hand it to Mostert six yards back, you know. So that's, it's not a fourth and one, it's a fourth and seven. Mm. So it's, it gives yourself a chance. And this is why, this is why I'm giving it on count, because it's just basically not giving the offense. A chance to, 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 to thrive. You know, we, we're always in third and more than eight. That's just super hard for a def, for a for an offense to complete. You want to be in third and fourth, third and three. You saw the Dolphins do it. They're in second and six, sec, second and seven. They throw a little a little screen, a little run down the middle, just to get three four yards and to get into manageable third down, so you can convert and get momentum going. And this Carl just refuses to do that. It seems that he just wants to score a touchdown on every single play. But sometimes it just football isn't about scoring. It's about keeping the ball away from the Move other offense. Move the chains, establish the momentum, you know, start feeling good about what you're doing, and then things will start clicking. I just thought um and Gareth, you can tell me what you thought, but the sequence at the end of the at the end of the half when we uh, you know twenty one 21 to seven, and we go for three passes in a row was completely baffling to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think it, you know, it's forcing it. It's suddenly thinking, okay, you know, we need to get these possessions. You know, we need we need to get some points. We need to get down the field. But you know, it was it was a bit panicked. And I think what we've seen with 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 Shanahan, I think it's his his stubbornness that he wants the offense. He's convinced that what he's doing is right. And I've got no problem with sort of confidence and, and a bit of ego with it. But also you've got to temper that sometimes by what you're actually seeing. And if, if your offense is not executing, you know, you need to try something different. You need to simplify it. You need to go back to basics. And Shanahan just seems to keep keep plugging away at the thing which obviously isn't working. I think that, you know, the fourth and one you were saying, I thought it was, um, wasn't it McKinnon? Who took the handoff? Sort yeah. of went went behind the offensive line and then just kind of run into the back of the guard when he could have potentially, if it had gone to Moster, he would have made it round the tackle and only needed to to get that stretch and get that yard. And and McKinnon just sort of yeah just went into the into the fudge of of bodies in the middle and got nowhere. Um, I mean, the only decent play call I can remember throughout the entire game was was Juszczyk's touchdown, which I think fooled everybody. Um, yeah. uh, you know, giving it to him when everyone else was was looking for for Mostert on the uh, on the sweep around the tackles, but yeah, it's it it was it was strange play calling, um, and yeah, we never never got momentum. And like you say, if you're always in third and fifteen, third and twelve, you might complete one or two in the drive, but yeah, you're going to end up punting it away. Um, and that worse. <laughs> ev- everything everything was out of sorts and that you know it does start with Shanahan it does start with the coaches um, you know he's taken some he stands up and said yeah it starts with me but I, I, you get that feeling that he perhaps I don't know I 
I think he needs an offensive coordinator. We That's we have exactly what I was gonna. Ball. I was getting out. I've, we've, I can't remember if we talked about it on air or off air. It was off air. It was off air, right? Yeah. Um, I the more the more I see him, the more I think he needs another brain um, to be Absolutely. able to recognize the situations and be like somebody just tugging at his shirt. Go, this isn't working. We need to do something else. That's all. That's all that's needed. He just needs a conscience. Somebody sitting on his shoulder saying, "This is wrong. This isn't working." Um, go to plan B. Go to plan C. Because I'm sure he's got. You know, he's he's so talented at creating plays. I'm sure he's got hundreds of them in his back pocket and can pull out to get things going. But as you say, Gareth, I think he's he's a little bit too stuck in his own ways sometimes. And and when that doesn't go well, it's not it's not amazing. So. Yeah, I agree. An offensive coordinator, uh, whatever it is, I think he needs someone, someone that he trusts that can just see the the game slightly more objectively and and assess what's working, what's not, and just relay more information to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's that head coach, that head coach role. There's there's 31 other head coaches, people like Andy Andy Reid and and Bill Belichick. They always have an offensive and a defensive coordinator. And, you know, those are two guys who could probably, you know, <laughs> you trust them to say, OK, if they don't need one, they, they don't need one. Um, and I think it's it's Shanahan. He wants to be the offensive coordinator and not give up that. Well, he doesn't want to relinquish that that control. Yeah. And, and you've got to step back and be the head coach and and, and look at both sides of the ball and, and assess all that information. And and he seems too much set on wanting to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, and again, and he, and you know he's he's come out and said he doesn't he doesn't really do anything on the defense. So Salah's the head coach when we're on defense. You know Shanahan's looking at looking at his other coaches. He's looking at, at the stats and and what's worked and doing the offensive coordinator job. And and Salah's kind of out on his own. And and again hasn't got a head coach to to kind of give him an option. Um, yeah. And I think we're we're beginning to see, you know, perhaps the, the, those cracks get exposed now that people have figured out what the Niners have got and what we do. So looking forward, while it's mathematically possible, it looks very unlikely we're going to make the playoffs. We would basically have to win all of our remaining games against NFC West opponents starting the early hours of Monday morning, and. Realistically, we can only afford to lose a maximum of two games between now and the end of the regular season. I think we've got a mountain to climb in the injuries to key personnel of Hamadus, more than we'd like to admit. I fear it's going to be a long season and to break even at 8 and 8 would actually be a result, all things considered. What what we, should we now be looking at as being a successful season, given what we know over the last five games? No, I think it's the goal is still the playoffs. I I don't want to judge the the entire season on an extremely bad performance. Um, we're only two and three. We can still finish thirteen and three. I think the way the season's going and with the COVID and and with um, you know game weird games happening like the, the Panthers being actually a good team and and the Saints not being that good and you know and the Cowboys losing Dak. Uh, which I, I really feel for the guy, by the way. It's horrible to watch. Um, it, you know, it, so much can happen between now and December. Um, 
the the goal is still the playoff for me. I think ten and six can still can still get it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder, but you know it it starts it starts next week. It's one game at a time. We're just going to have to beat the Rams somehow. Um, but I can still see it. our roster is good. Uh, Sherman might be back, maybe. Um, you know, Greenlaw didn't play well at all. I think he, he probably came back a little bit too soon as well. He's going to be a bit better. Um, I still think we can win those games. I, st- I think the Seahawks, even though they're 5-0, aren't that good of a team. Um, they, they, they're just very good at winning games. They always have been. They just know how to win games. And this, I think I think all one good game, all we need is one good game where we put good performance, confidence rises back up, um, something that we can learn on and, and lean on for the rest of the season. And I can still see it making it. It's going to be difficult, um, for sure, especially if we play it either. Um, if we play it either, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But um, but it's, it's doable. Um, I'm, I'm still on the 10 and 6. I think I think we can steal a game here and there. I think it's going to, like, playing the Bills is going to be rough. I think next week uh, the Rams is going to be rough. But... Uh, we can win in, in in Arizona. We can beat Seattle twice. I have all the confidence in the world. I'm sure we can uh, win against the Rams and maybe go one and one against them. But yeah, with all the uncertainty, everything that's happening, the NFL is never set in stone ever. Um, one week just can changes everything. So uh, I'm still hopeful. I'm still very hopeful. Fantastic. Right. Thank you for joining me on the short night, guys. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> okay thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show we'll be back on friday with the rams preview show if you haven't done so already please rate us on itunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcasts when they are released also check out our youtube channel by searching for 49 faithful uk until friday stay safe and go niners go niners yes. Love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99 Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline NDB, greatest owner of all time Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick We're all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget